0: Today, the U.S. Navy actually heard the titan implode on Sunday. They just never told you. The House sends articles of impeachment to committee, and California wants 12-year-olds to be emancipated from their parents if their therapist says so. We've got all of that and more coming up, and it all starts right now. Welcome to the news and why it matters. I am Sarah Gonzalez and yesterday the Titan submersibles fate was finally confirmed a fatal implosion into the depths of the ocean while the same day the Wall Street Journal disclosed that the federal government knew about the Titan submersible implosion on Sunday as soon as it happened actually even though they said nothing as multiple agencies frantically attempted search and rescue missions hoping to find the passengers alive before their oxygen ran out. A senior U.S. Navy official told the outlet that a top-secret military acoustic detection system designed to spot enemy submarines first heard what the U.S. Navy suspected was the Titan submersible implosion hours after the submersible began its voyage. In fact, the Navy began listening for the Titan almost as soon as the sub lost communications an hour and 45 minutes into their trip, and the system detected a suspected sound of an implosion near the debris site finally discovered Thursday and reported its findings to the Coast Guard commander on site. From the Navy official. The U.S. Navy conducted an analysis of acoustic data and detected an anomaly consistent with an implosion or explosion in the general vicinity of where the Titan submersible was operating when communications were lost. While not definitive, this information was immediately shared with the incident commander to assist with the ongoing search and rescue mission. Well, it certainly wasn't shared with the rest of us. Sunday. Then there came Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Wall-to-wall coverage on every media outlet, round-the-clock updates on whether these five passengers would be found, their families and loved ones terrorized by the waiting game every day. The anticipation, is today the day they'll be found? Or are they lost at the bottom of the ocean floor, doomed to slowly suffocate and die alone? Well, Titanic director James Cameron, who actually is a deep-sea explorer himself and is well-tied to the ocean exploration community, called the last several days of search and rescue missions a prolonged charade. Watch.
1: I didn't hear about it until I woke up Monday morning. I immediately got on the phone to some of my other uh, you know, contacts in the in this deep submersible community. Within about an hour, I had the following facts. They were on descent. They were at 2,500 uh, 3,500 meters, heading for the bottom at 3,800 meters. They comms were lost and navigation was lost. And I said instantly, you can't lose comms and navigation together without an extreme catastrophic event, a high, highly energetic catastrophic event. And the first thing that popped to mind was an implosion. So I felt in my bones what had happened. So this entire week has just felt like a prolonged nightmarish charade where people are running around talking about banging noises and talking about oxygen and all this other stuff, and their Coast Guard is out with airplanes. I knew that sub was sitting exactly underneath its last known depth and position. That's exactly where they found it.
0: So then why? Why would the federal government not share the information that they heard a likely implosion right after comms were lost? Well, a cynical person might say that it was awfully convenient for the Biden administration that the same day the most damning evidence on Joe and Hunter's foreign influence peddling dropped, the mainstream media was too focused on whether the sub would be found to even cover it. So wrapped up in the Titan saga that they didn't have time to mention the damning WhatsApp message Hunter Biden sent his CCP-linked Chinese business partner shaking him down for money and telling him, my father is sitting next to me, and definitely too invested in the sub coverage to also report the fact that there is a photo taken from the same day the WhatsApp message was sent placing Hunter Biden at daddy's house in daddy's Corvette, taking it for a spin. So... A cynical person might say the government knew about the sub-implosion immediately and slow-walked it, just like they slow-walked the investigation into Hunter Biden because it benefits the Biden crime family. But again, that's just what a cynic would say. Here to discuss this and more, we have Eric July, founder and owner of Ripiverse Comics and Blaze TV contributor. Eric, I'm just, I'm too cynical, I guess, because I see this and I immediately think, they didn't want the bad press, so they let the mainstream media latch on to the story and, you know, this this countdown, this timer of, oh, my God, how much longer till their oxygen runs out when it seems that all of the experts pretty much assumed that there was the implosion that happened upon descent.
2: Yeah, so either way you look at it, it will look bad upon them because I mean, at the end of the day, this is something that falls right under the scope of what he would be in charge of as a president. If you're talking about Joe Biden and uh, U.S. Navy actually yeah. giving him some sort of information, I know oftentimes we we <laughs> pin stuff up on a president that has nothing to do with his position. Yeah. This one has pretty much everything to uh, to do with it. At least I'm getting that sort of sort of intel. So he I guess the commander in chief. You know that's very true. So I I, w- I would like to think that. This isn't unreasonable for people to think that they will lead people on or allow people to run with this charade if it means burying something that damns himself or his uh, son, which seems to damage himself uh, as well. If you consider that text message, it does seem nefarious. It does seem a little evil, but this is the federal government that we are talking about. And this is politics at the end of the day, uh, as far as uh, everybody here is concerned. So it is an unfortunate thing that you seem to have all of this information that would at least... It would force people to acknowledge and accept the reality long before, you know, us spending a week with hopes and dreams and and all of this other stuff, particularly the families. And that's what sucks. Mm -hmm. Now, to do something like that, which is very evil, by the way, to cover for your son, that I mean, wherever I mean, that doubles the evilness, I guess, if you want to say that. So I ain't going to give them the benefit of the doubt. So if anybody's drawing that conclusion, I guess it would be somewhat reasonable, again, because this does fall under your scope. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I mean, because, uh, you know, I thought to myself, OK, how have they how have they treated the making information public um, thus far? Well, as soon as they found debris, they told us they found debris. And they even said they said we are not sure if it is related to the Titan, but we did find debris. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, it would be the same situation if they said on Sunday, we heard a sound that sounded like an implosion. We don't, we can't confirm. We don't know if that's what it was, but this is what we heard and it's consistent with when they lost communications. That's the same level of communication, right? But one happened, one happened on, well, one didn't happen on Sunday. And one happened all the way on Thursday after not only the whistleblower reports were released, but also Hunter Biden's plea deal was announced previously this week. Two things that you would imagine that the federal government, or at least Joe Biden himself, knew were happening. Yeah. He had, I mean, he had to have had, maybe he didn't know a, m- a month earlier, but he had to have known at some point this week, he knew about his son's plea deal. He knew that that was going to be announced. And surely at least one or two days before the whistleblower documents were released, he knew about that as well.
2: Yeah. I mean, that's politics, though. I mean, and that's why I'm saying it's not unreasonable. I know people will look at it like, oh, well, that's that's evil. But think about the presidential like election in itself, and how that is all about optics and it's never really about what's uh you know the, the the issues or anything. It's about when you say something. It's about the polling efforts during this specific period of time. This all fits fits along those lines. So of course, any politician for that matter, especially one in his position, if it's advantageous to himself and his and his own bacon and his own behind, yeah. Burying us. A, a, well, not necessarily burying a story. It's more so withholding information and not going out of his way and saying, well, yeah, we got this information. Our guys got this information. Yeah. It is consistent with what uh, what uh, the said findings and all of this. And at least, again, you don't have a bunch of people spending uh, copious amounts of resources as well as the. Again, the hopes and and, and like everybody's this countdown, which was just ugly in itself. Oh, they're gonna run out of oxygen. At least we could have accepted the reality. Like, look, man, unfortunate situation. It's not to say that anybody is at. At, at, at fault here, other than maybe maybe we shouldn't be doing that at all. But as far as something unfortunate happening that costs people their lives, yes, that's a reality and it sucks. But the earlier we acknowledge it, the better. Right. Instead of keeping this bad boy going on, I'm sitting there watching Walter. You said Walter Walker. I'm sitting there. I'm not interested, not interested, not interested. <laughs> all my form of social media could not get away from this this story yeah. and that just happens to be i don't think it's a coincidence mm-hmm. or it's not unreasonable for people to think that it's not a coincidence that you have this story right here happening with the freaking president's son mm-hmm. and uh it's kind of just flying under the radar yeah. right
0: doesn't don't have time to cover it because we got the countdown of how long before these people die yeah. uh which is very morbid but sadly true so speaking of the biden crime family um, the House actually voted yesterday to send articles of impeachment against Joe Biden to a pair of committees. It was—I uh, I can't believe that that they didn't actually that they had enough Republicans to grow some balls and actually, you know, vote uh, in favor of punishing Joe Biden for anything. This was 219 to 208, and uh, it moved to the House Committee on Homeland Security and also the Judiciary Committee. Homeland Security one is because, of course, this is uh, uh, Lauren Boebert who brought forth these this particular uh, article of impeachment, it is due to um, his horrendous treatment of the southern border, which is why it's being sent to uh, that, the Committee on Homeland Security. So uh, Bobert tweeted out, "And what is this, yesterday, uh, she said, Today I initiated historic impeachment proceedings against Joe Biden for his unconstitutional dereliction of duty at the southern border. For the first time in 24 years, the House Republicans united to protect the separation of powers and start a formal impeachment inquiry. It's almost like it's just so ironic it's just so crazy to me that like the day that they actually voted to send this to committees I think the, Amer- the the average American who doesn't listen to the news and just reads the headlines would think that this the articles of impeachment were being sent because of all of the stuff we just learned about Joe Biden and Hunter Biden. Right. Like they wouldn't even realize, oh, this is actually about something different because there's just been such a long history in the last several years of Joe Biden doing something that's totally derelict of duty. Um, And so, I mean, we'll see what happens. But certainly I think that you could make the argument even just when you talk about the, the the fentanyl. Um, influx of, of fentanyl taking over, coming into all of these states, we're having all of these fentanyl overdoses, that it's all coming from the southern border. I think that you can make the argument that this is worthy of impeachment, but I don't know that the Republicans have the spine that it takes to do that.
2: Well, I mean, they would certainly impeach your guy. Um, right. And they,
0: oh, and they did have.
2: Um, Twice. They, they did exactly that for really nothing. So, if you want to look at it through that lens, it's like, well, we're fighting fire with fire. Right. And it, it, even if it's only a crumb there, you kind of did the same thing when our guy was in office. And you know? But
0: but that's the thing. It's not just a crumb for us. And that's why it pisses me off right, so much. Right. Because they've already projected. And so they've already made it into like, oh, we're going to impeach over nothing. Yeah. And yeah. so now when we do it, they're like, well, oh, you're just impeaching over nothing. No, actually, the crime right. was always right here. That's
2: the thing, though. Even if it was, it's like, well, that's the game you chose to play. Right. and Those are the rules that you chose to set. Well, right. we're going to play them. And if they don't like it, maybe you shouldn't play by those rules right. or set those rules. Right. And that's often how it happens with government. It's like, so-and-so gets uh, said power and then it's your guy that's kind of at the helm of this. And then you're like, wait a minute, this Mm -hmm. is unethical. Mm -hmm. Uh, It wasn't unethical before. Mm -hmm. But yeah, this whole border situation has always been intriguing to me because uh, it's like, if anything, I would argue that the president or the federal government kind of ties the hands behind the backs of a lot of the uh, uh, states that of course are are at the southern border Because they act as if or they say, well, we're the ones that control this. Right. This is a a a, a sort of national security issue. This is a federal government um, issue. And then when they fail to do something, it's like the first thing that often the states do. We've seen Abbott do this. It's like, what are you going to do? You know, you're failing. It's like, well, Why is everybody relying on the president or the federal government to deal with this issue if you are acknowledging that it's an issue? That's always been my issue with the federal government in itself with all the things that seemingly fall under its umbrella um, it's less about let's say if you would want a institution or you would want a, a body to deal with that problem I just don't think that the guys in Washington probably are the best suited to deal with you issues that are more unique to you DC don't got to have any problems with w- w- with this it may impact them but it'll be v- way late by the time it makes it up there normally the issues are, that you're going to see are going to be immediate and it's going to be contained to that geographical area so read Reasonably speaking, this apply would apply to anything. If you were in your house in your own community and something happened, you'd expect that the community is going to be more so uh, entitled to actually deal with the problem, more suited to uh, be more accurate in dealing with the problem. I think that that should be the case with the federal with, yeah. Excuse me. With the uh, with the southern border.
0: Yeah. Well. Yeah. And I mean, to your point, I also think that uh, to use your analogy of if, if something's happening in your community, I also wouldn't expect someone from another community exactly. to come in and exactly. tell you you're not allowed to handle exactly. it a certain exactly. way, right? Exactly. Like like U.S. Border Patrol coming in and, and uh, opening gates that Texas National Guard has closed. Yeah. Like. If you're not going to take care of the problem, we're going to do it. Don't stand, don't like, don't get in our way.
2: And, and I think, again, that happens to a lot of issues. That happens to mm-hmm. a lot of economic issues mm-hmm. as well, where the government has, they, the federal government, has essentially monopolized a particular issue. Yep. So even if you wanted to solve it, in some cases, it's just straight up illegal. Right. And then they'll punish you, yep. uh, or yep. attempt to rather punish you, any event that you try to solve the problem. So what happens is, you tend to, let's say, if there's a particular issue, a specific issue that you may have the solution for, you feel like I have to go through these proper channels in order to actually solve it. Right. And the problem never gets solved because that's not really on their list of things to to address. So that's when, this is another example of when decentralization is, is so very, very vital and so very, very important. And I would hope that Republicans would understand that if we consider this, if you guys consider this a, an actual issue, it's less about trying to get the president to do something and more about trying to get them the hell out of the way. Mm-hmm. So you're not dependent on them mm-hmm. to actually do something and resolve the issue.
0: Yeah. Um, by the way, just as a quick update, uh, you know, we tape this a little bit before this goes to air. And I was just reading the news just came out that, I mean, it, it costs millions and millions of dollars for that Titan sub Uh, rescue expedition. It was all... all, Wasted. uh, Yeah, uh, Canadian P-3 Orion, P-8 Poseidon, uh, a French ship joined, and then, of course, the U.S. military. We had planes, we had underwater equipment, and, I mean, that's, like, we are all paying for a big chunk of that, so you have to wonder how that would have been different, how that, how how many, uh, you know, how the search would have been changed if it was a, hey, more likely that this is not a rescue mission but rather a recovery mission, you got to wonder how many uh, millions of dollars would have been saved, and that, of course, is your money as well, so you should have a problem with it. Um, All right, we got to take a quick break. We'll be back with more, but we want to thank our sponsor, Patriot Mobile. So Eric and I are firm believers, obviously, of the parallel economy. He's got his comic book thing going on. I've got my beauty brand. And um, the thing is, is that we recognize that everyday Americans are really sick and tired of all of this woke propaganda that's being jammed into every single product they consume and sometimes people don't think about big mobile companies being like that but actually for years they've been dumping millions into leftist causes and you know you just think like well what am I going to do? Not have a cell phone? There's no alternative. I have to have a cell phone, so I just have to deal with it. But you don't. You've got to check out Patriot Mobile. They are America's only Christian conservative wireless provider, and they offer this nationwide coverage, same nationwide coverage you're going to get anywhere else because it's all three major networks. So there's no reason not to talk to them about switching because you know that you're, you're going to get that same coverage without the woke politics. When you switch to Patriot Mobile, uh, you know that a portion of your money, not going to go to leftist causes anymore. It's going to go to causes that support free speech, religious freedom, the sanctity of life, the Second Amendment, and all the things that you are dedicating, probably your time and your money, to fight for. Uh, you got to go to patriotmobile.com slash news. Get free activation with the offer code news over at patriotmobile.com slash news. California Democrats advanced legislation to let mental health professionals remove children from their homes and place them in state custody without parental consent. This is Assembly Bill 665, and uh, it was approved by the Senate Judiciary Committee earlier this week with a party line vote. So uh, poor children, the ones who have to they have like state funds there, it's called Medi-Cal in California, uh, as young as 12 years old are allowed to check themselves into, well, if this passes, would be allowed to check themselves in to state run youth shelters on the unconditional say so of a therapist or counselor. And wouldn't you know, let me ask you, Eric, does it surprise you that one of the uh, authors of this bill is, of course, Senator Scott Weiner? who is so appropriately named, I just, every time I see any of the legislation that he has mm-hmm. sponsored, or is uh, the, the things that he's talking about, I'm like, you definitely would be named Wiener. Um, so they, they say, the, the authors of the bill say, this is just seeking to give all children equal access to mental health services. They said this bill protects children. It makes children safer. It makes children healthier. It's unfortunate that this bill, like so many, has been caught up in this right-wing outrage machine. Uh, because, of course, if you think that parents should have ultimate rights over their children rather than the government, you are, of course, a right-wing nutjob, I guess.
2: <laughs> I mean, anybody to the right of Mal. Is is pretty much a right winger, or is advocating some sort of right wing cause? Man, I mean, California is such a—it's a—it's a a rough place and in a rough spot because it it, it seems to authorize some of these things that we look at, and we're like, there's absolutely no way that something like that would be passed, or something like that would be, be uh, even celebrated or advocated. Anywhere mm-hmm. and here we are, you know, it doesn't happen. It doesn't take long for it to happen I don't think we're having this conversation even five years ago where they're trying to with this whole gender nonsense. They're trying to bring in children affirm their ideas and doing things that often are irreversible to them to the point to where in the event that you are your mother father and You say nah um, This is not we're not doing this that they can check themselves in and the state can essentially gain custody of them or um, uh, have something <laughs> put them put into their minds that maybe their parents are wrong and they don't have the best ideas for them. Instead, the state does. And we've seen that the state um, has not been the greatest protector, especially in California. Definitely when you consider poverty out there, they haven't been the greatest protectors of these children uh, by, by any means. So. It's evil. I don't know what other way to put that. It's certainly an evil, evil concept, but I just couldn't even imagine living in an area where there's people around me that think that stuff is like permissible.
0: Yeah, there. I mean, it's just I agree with you. It's just so shocking to me that like there doesn't have to be any claim of like neglect or the child being in physical danger or anything like that. And when you think about the state of the mental health community. That's what makes this so dangerous, is because mm-hmm. you have a bunch of these therapists who are pushing all of these radical ideologies onto children, who want parents to get their kids taken from them for not acknowledging, you know, preferred pronouns, who are like very mentally ill, in my nope. opinion, sure. and actually are the ones themselves who need mental health services, but who's going to treat them because that whole industry, apparently, you're all batshit crazy. Sorry. The swear jar is too far away. <laughs> oh, I got gotcha. you. Don't worry about it. And so it's just like, it it's just wild to me because it's like, the, the therapists are a bunch of crazy people too. Like, who the, well, that's oh, the point. so they're, so that's they're the, the ones who get to say? Well, that's
2: the thing. I mean, they, that's why it's it has the language it is that it has. And, I know. and The state is, is very good at that. They've, of course, infiltrated or the left, the authoritarian left have infiltrated basically every corner of every institution. So they understand that those people that are in those positions are going to obviously lean favor to their causes. Yeah. So you're just going to give them, I mean, you give it, you give them to, you give your kids to the state, by the way, of public education mm-hmm. in the first place. Yeah. Counselors, therapists, the medical community uh, out there, they're all in on this. So, you know, you're really, you're really up against it. Um, and this is just yet another example of that.
0: Well, I'll just tell you, completely unrelated to both uh, anything LGBT and also completely unrelated to the topic of mental illness. Uh, The nation's first elected transgender state representative was arrested this week and charged with allegedly distributing child pornography. This is, um, yeah, I would never guess that a guy who looks like that would be a, a deviant. This is a Democrat from New Hampshire, Stacey Marie Lawton. Oh boy, he looks like a Stacey to me. Uh, resigned twice from the State House and, and has four counts against him of distributing sexually explicit images of children. Um, and apparently, he has a long and sordid history of crime. But um, he said, At the time of his election in 2012, I believe that at this point, the LGBT community will hopefully be inspired. My hope is that now maybe we'll see more people in the community running, maybe for aldermen, maybe in the next election we'll have a senator. Isn't that cute? And so, you know, I, I hear people in my line of work all the time, all the time. They say, especially with the, when it relates to the, the, that community with drag queens, mm-hmm. right? Um, who, by the way, there were a bunch of men who were just found in Boston. There was one drag that was dead, one man that was dressed as a woman that was dead. There were four kids in there, and there were like sex toys and drugs and all sorts of stuff found in that area. So I have a lot of people who constantly, anytime I talk about the disgusting degeneracy that's being done in front of children, they're like, well, at least they're not in a church, as if, The members of their community, I'll put it that way, have have never done anything bad to children. You we we, we've never had anyone that that actually wants to diddle children. I mean, no, you do. You do. Because that's where this deviancy leads. Don't you see? Don't you see? Isn't that why you're calling them maps? Right? Because we're supposed to empathize with the with the pedos now. Yeah, of course, that's where this leads. So don't tell me that people in your community aren't capable of that. Eric, I want to let you respond, but I want to play this clip from what happened in Boston. This is a local news clip uh, on the scene. Watch when they got here. They discovered someone had died and also found that several people were hiding children in a
1: back room. Tonight, four children less than 10 years old are in DCF custody after authorities and public officials say they were found in an apartment with six cross-dressing men, sex toys, drugs, and alcohol. Firefighters discovered them after one of those adults died at the apartment. It was obviously sickening you know, to, to hear from those that were there at the scene describing what they saw. Um, and the actions of the adults that were in the room. City, the apartment was in extreme unsanitary conditions. All adult parties were being uncooperative and denied having children in the apartment. Drugs, alcohol, drug paraphernalia, sex toys, etc. Uh, And so they were concerned. They had reached out to me just to make sure that it didn't get swept under the rug. The governor says DCF is now involved in investigating. Just heartbreaking,
0: terrible situation. DCF has taken those children into its care. That's where this ideology leads.
2: Yeah, that story was wild. I mean, the one that you talked about previously with that representative out of uh, New, Hampshire. New Hampshire. I mean, they have, you want to talk about a track record. Actually, last year, if I'm not mistaken, this person uh, was like stalking some woman and doing all kinds of weird stuff, some domestic uh, violence uh, I- issues that like they maybe had. Maybe
0: he had some m- mental health yeah, issues. Yeah, like, they, like maybe they have. didn't
2: have it all upstairs. And mm. you see some of the pictures, Jesus Christ, you, you know right off the rip, that person got some problems. And that's the thing that we need to be addressing. And you got that ugly story where you got six cross-dressing dudes with children for some reason. Come on, man. Like, well, it's something that that first of all, that community has to start policing itself. We believe this for every other community. We talk about the church. We talk about black folk and they're, they got to start policing their community because this is out of hand. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I'd be the first to say. You don't want to try to say that that person is representative of every single individual that may be of the lettuce and guacamole and all that. <laughs> I, I get that. I, I totally empathize with that, that that sort of position. But you're not helping anybody by gaslighting folks when they highlight these yep. stories yep. and they show you like, look, man, there are weirdos mm-hmm. that are, it, it, whether you want them there or not, mm-hmm. they're trying to use your community, leveraging your community to mess with kids. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Hell, they outed themselves with the whole Florida situation, which was a very mild thing that essentially said that, well, in the curriculum, you can't be teaching third graders this weird stuff. And now, all of a sudden, it was an attack on their community. You had teachers coming out like, oh, I don't feel like, how can I, I can't tell my, my, my children about my, my my experience over the weekend. Oh, uh, no, you ain't supposed to be doing that. You a teacher, bro. What are you, why, why, do, the, why do the kids need to know what you're doing with your, with your husband and stuff? That's weird, bro. Yeah, yeah. But this is where we're at. Yeah. And it's not going to get fixed until we address it head on. But that's going to start within that community. I believe yeah. that for everybody else. If we want to talk about the church. You want to be fair. Okay, cool. You gotta police your community
0: because yes there are weirdos in there and they're they're dealing kids. Let's just call it what it is. Yep. Um, well said. All right, we've got to take a quick break. We'll be back with more. But we want to thank Relief Factor. So if you are one of millions of Americans who you just live in pain and you think, well, my life just kind of sucks now because I'm just always in constant pain, I understand. I've been there, but I'm not anymore because of Relief Factor. It is a, it's a, all natural. It was made by doctors, but it is all natural. Um, and, you know, I, I think you men are like, oh, I don't care. That must not work. No, it actually does. It's helped a lot of us here at Blaze TV, including me. Um, I got in a car accident and jacked up a bunch of discs in my spine. I take Relief Factor every day and um, I, it has drastically reduced my pain and honestly changed my life. Um, I have more patience, uh, you know, with my kids because I'm not living in pain. Go try their three-week quick start. 70% of the people who take it keep ordering it because it's working for them. It works for me. It can work for you. It's $19.95. It's a trial pack. You can get it at relieffactor.com. That is relieffactor.com. Saturday marks the one year anniversary of the overturning of Roe versus Wade, a decision that was made some 50 years ago, resulting in the death of 63 million unborn children, uh, which is just it is hard to really um, think about how incredible uh, and horrifying that number is, 63 million unborn children terminated under this uh, rule. Of course, the Supreme Court overturned it last year, June 24th. Uh, that was Dobbs versus Jackson Women's Health Organization. And just kind of in honor of this one-year anniversary that, honestly, I never thought that I would see in my lifetime um, be overturned, I wanted to bring on Dan Steiner. He is the founder and president of Preborn. And really, um, Dan, I, thank you for being here, first of all.
3: My privilege.
0: Um, I, I want to, I know who you guys are. Um, I love the work that you're doing, but I want you to tell my audience uh, what who who you are. What is Preborn doing?
3: Yeah, thanks, Sarah. This is such a joy to be on and uh, love your program and championing the cause for that which is right in our country. And what was wrong was the activist, uh, Roe versus Wade decision back in 1973 that opened this river of blood that you just described to 73 million, I'm sorry, 63 million babies that have been swept away in its current. We've lost a nation within a nation, but that's done. But abortion isn't. Uh, abortion now has turned to trafficking to states like California, New York, Illinois, Michigan, that champion abortion rights still even more so than before uh, the decision and states in Texas and Mississippi where you can't get them, and they're going to those states as well as getting abortion on the internet. And that's what Preborn does. We are reaching these women before they get to the abortion clinic and giving them loving, compassionate, Christ-centered, practical alternatives so that they can choose life. That's baby clothes, cribs, car seats, doctor visits, housing. What is it that they need so that they can choose life? You know, we're all thinking of as conservatives, that abortion is rightfully a tragedy. But then, rather than just being outraged about it, which we rightly really should be, what are we gonna do about it? What practically can one individual do? That's where Preborn comes in. We have an entry level, very low threshold entry point where somebody can underwrite an ultrasound session for a young woman at one of our many clinics in the highest abortion places in America. We give these ultrasounds to these young women for free. And when they see their baby, Sarah, that is the game changer. It really, uh, like 80% of the time, they will choose life. If they see their own baby within them, the first baby picture they'll see, uh, the close encounter of the best kind, and they will choose life.
0: I love that. Um, you know, it's it's just it's so maddening to see lawmakers like, you know, Senator Elizabeth Warren, who I know um, while I, last year, whenever we were going through all of this overturning of Roe v. Wade, she made the comment that that centers like yours are tricking women into getting on that you're tricking women. And I sit there and I'm like. You guys are tricking women into thinking that what is inside them is not a baby, and it's somehow, what, I don't know, a a kangaroo? uh, A a watermelon? Like, what what do you think that this is, you know? And so it's just, it was so maddening to hear that language because the left so often uses this language to, you know, try to pretend like it's not a growing life. It's not your baby inside of you. And so I think, you know, what you guys are doing is just so important because these poor women really have been uh, co-opted by the left. And I think a lot of them just they don't even realize it until they see it on your ultrasound.
3: Yeah. And and when they do, um, I've actually had an OBGYN tell me there's an anatomical reaction, a physical reaction that they have when they hear their own baby's heartbeat. And then, of course, that God given motherly instinct will kick in and they'll know instantly that even though 48 percent of the time, the mother of the pregnant girl wants to abort the grandchild or. The boyfriend, significant, whatever he is, husband maybe, uh, is pushing them to, you know, it's outside pressures over 80% of the time of why women abort. And when they see their baby, that changes everything. It's their baby within them. And then they know it's their decision and there is a real life hanging in the balance. I just heard a girl just uh, two hours ago that said, you know, um, this is a real living person inside of me. This changes everything. Mm -hmm. And that is what the listeners of your program, the listeners throughout the blaze have done in sponsoring these ultrasounds for these young. We reach them on the Internet, get them into a clinic, show them their baby on ultrasound, give them the help that they need so that they can make us firm, stand alone if they need to, um, and choose life for their baby. And we've seen over 54,000 babies saved as a result of this kind of effort.
0: I love that so much and and I, I do I would like to point out I love that you brought up that you guys are supplying these women with uh, car seats and you know other forms of of helping them because that is another one of the attacks that we get from the the pro-choice uh, side is that they say, well, you know you want these babies to be born, but what are you gonna do to help these women once the baby is born? What are you gonna do to help these poor women who don't have any money and who and it's like go to preborn. they're helping these women after birth, which is what you guys I know have been doing for a a while now. So I wanna ask you, have you seen an uptick in the amount of women who um, are coming into your clinics since Roe v. Wade has overturned? Like has that traffic changed at all?
3: Yeah, it has changed in a number of ways. First, we're seeing women, tens of thousands of women coming into um, our clinics in abortion sanctuary states like California that are like in Texas or some of the deep south states where abortion is very difficult to get, they can't get an abortion in their state, and so they're being trafficked, and and people like Governor Newsom in California, the non-governor, the king of abortion, is uh, advertising to get them to come into a state, paying for them to fly fly them out, pay for their abortion, pay for a hotel, pay to babysit their kids, fly them back home. Mm. I mean, it's ridiculous. California taxpayer money, another good reason to move out of California, like everybody is, and rightly so. But uh, we're also seeing, sadly, Sarah, That uh, the second thing, the overturning, which we celebrate, we celebrate the fact that Dobbs is sent back to the trash heap of history where where it belonged in the first place and that the decision is back to the states where the people are, um, that it has created a terrible spike in abortion pills. Um, Now, 60% of all abortions are chemical abortions, and the abortion clinic now is a woman's bathroom. It's the abortion clinic in your neighborhood, the girls having the abortion, have, having the baby on her bathroom floor. And they're coming into our clinic, Sarah, with complications from taking the abortion pills without an OBGYN visit. Mm-hmm. So if a woman is pregnant and she takes, here's, here's what they don't tell you, which is a lot of things, right? You, you alluded to the fact that they're deceiving women and they're a pawn in the game, in their chess game of trying to cash out on their misfortune of being pregnant. Um, that it's all led by the father of lies, Satan, the prince of uh, the the power of the air that's that's deceiving these women in the first place. And on the abortion pill package, there's a warning. It says if you have a sexually transmitted infection like chlamydia, which 60% of women have and don't know it because it's asymptomatic, and you take this pill, it will quadruple the likelihood that you have an eptopic pregnancy. Mm. Quadruples your risk. Eptopic pregnancies are deadly. Yeah. They'll kill a woman if she doesn't have it. will stop the progress from the baby from the ovarian's uh, uh, ovaries through the fallopian tube to the, to the uterus. It'll stop it in the, in the fallopian tube, and then it'll burst the fallopian baby. It won't stop growing. It'll burst the fallopian tube. That's an eptopic pregnancy. She'll bleed to death.
0: Yeah.
3: Uh, they don't care.
0: Yeah.
3: You know, they're just out to sell abortions. So why would they want an abortion pill and, and, and they can't sell her an abortion in their, in their brick and mortar? Well, now they don't have to have a brick and mortar. They can charge the same for the abortion pill and don't have the overhead. Yeah. And they can send it anywhere in the United States, you know, remote areas of the country. And So it's really the fall that we celebrate which probably will mean 200,000 less abortions uh, this year. Praise God for that. That's wonderful. But it also means that it's fragmented the country. Now we have a landscape that looks a lot like the landscape in the slavery days where you have states that are deeply pro-slavery, states that are deeply, uh, you know, abolitionist states. Same thing with abortion. You've got states like Texas, they've abolished, you know, Mississippi abolished abortion. And you've got states like California that have enshrined it in their constitution of their states. A bunch of them. So it's just it's just polarized our country. It's the work of the devil is what it is in so many ways. But, the thing the preborn does is care for these women, reach them, love them into wise decisions that they won't regret. And uh, this is great to be able to talk to you and your audience about this.
0: Yeah, I appreciate it so much. So, um, Dan, I want you to tell everyone uh, listening where they can not just find out more information, but I think we've given them a lot of information. I, I would, I'm asking my viewers in honor of the anniversary of the overturning of Roe v. Wade to make a donation to Preborn if they are financially uh, able to. So can you tell them where they can do that?
3: Yeah, sure. It's very simple and securely at preborn.org. That's preborn.org. Or on your cell phone, you can dial pound 250, hashtag 250. Our operators are waiting on a secure line and say keyword baby because that's what we're trying to do is save babies. Uh, pound 250, keyword baby, or to preborn.org. And uh, we're trying to raise uh, as many $64 donations as we can in memory of the 64 million babies yeah. that have lost their lives. And it's probably much more than that. Abortionists are not accountable. They're not reporting their statistics because it means taxes for them on revenue.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um. So, yeah. Well, Dan, we appreciate it so much. I just I cannot tell you how much I appreciate what you guys do. I know we had the opportunity to meet uh, not that long ago uh, at an event. And I just it it gives me chills uh, thinking about all of the all of the lives that you guys have saved. So we appreciate you so much. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, sir. Thank you. All right. We will be right back. So uh, a new AI study conducted in Denmark reported that conservative female politicians appear to be more attractive and happier than their liberal counterparts. It used uh, deep learning to predict ideology from facial photographs, expressions, beauty, and extra facial information. Um, it also showed that left-wing female politicians were more likely to have faces showing contempt.
2: Uh-huh. So yes. And when you are we, a Democrat, we already, yeah, yeah,
0: we already knew that. Yeah, That's, your face yeah, tends yeah. to
2: scrunch up and you're bitter and...
0: Okay, so, that, so that's what I was going to ask you. Like, why do you think that is? Because I have a theory.
2: Okay, okay. It, it's hard. It's hard to say. I mean, it's a thing that is obviously true. Anybody with eyes can recognize uh, <laughs> recognize that. But, like, I think that's where the study needs to, we need to analyze. Need
0: to understand why.
2: Why exactly is it that it, in comparison it's not even close?
0: Well, because this is called the news and why it matters, the why, I think is because like their entire existence is to be angry. They're angry at everything, that's right? True. Like that that's their platform. You have to be angry at rich people because they have more than you. You have to be, like, they're just so perpetually angry um, and miserable all the time that it just li- it literally shows on their face that's a good point yeah you do kind of have a
2: physical reaction when you are that miserable and and and, and just ugly about each and everything because i mean think about it Their they, souls are ugly yeah, and it, it
0: emanates and they don't, out. it's
2: not like they sell <laughs> happiness right they don't they don't really sell that they sell like you're miserable and i'm going right. to help you so right. you know what i mean that's really all that they have so i guess when you look at it through that lens it makes more sense
0: they don't need to do the study we just yeah, i just we just did figured it, it out we i just, just did it out. right Right here. But it's like, it's not even, I mean, I would say, I'm not saying this because I am a conservative woman, but I would say that you should, you could extend that not even to politicians, but also just to general people yeah. that conservative women, I mean, you, they make the jokes and the memes all the time, but like. There's a very big difference when you look at the pictures. I'm just saying, perhaps being perpetually angry and miserable and rejecting uh, traditional values and rejecting uh, a traditional male-female marriage and rejecting all of these things and living at home with your 10 cats, which, by the way, I'm not judging the cats. I would love to have 10 cats also. It's just that I chose a a Don't worry about the extra cats I just decided to buy, honey. Um, Perhaps it's because you, like, maybe you should have just like embraced normalcy and you wouldn't be so angry all the time. I don't know, maybe you should try that. Um, All right, we gotta take a break. We'll be right back. Before we go, I want to make sure those of you who have not yet picked up uh, the latest from Eric, tell them where they can get it.
2: Yes, Ripperverse.com. We're running our campaign, pre-order campaign for ISOM number two. So if you visit Ripperverse.com, you can get in on it. We're already uh, over uh, 1.5 million. Been another successful campaign. Wow. So if amazing. you want comic books that don't suck, hit us up.
0: That's amazing. I also, uh, if you want to check me out over at AmericanBeautyBySarah.com, I haven't raised 1.5 million for any campaign ever. So <laughs> you can check out my line as well. Uh, and make sure those of you who are not yet subscribed to Blaze TV, go over there, would you? BlazeTV.com slash news and why. Use promo code news and you will save some moolah because in Joe Biden's America, huh? we take all we can get.
3: Stream and subscribe to more Blaze Media content at theblaze.com slash podcasts.